Hey everybody, I'm John Gould. And I'm Nagin Muscati, and this is This Real Estate Life, the official podcast of the Baird and Warner Lincoln Park office. We have so many amazing real estate agents in our office, each with their own unique gifts and personalities, and we really just wanted to create a podcast where you can celebrate those individuals and learn a little bit about real estate along the way. Yeah, so whether you're a real estate agent yourself or just curious to learn more about what we do every day, this is the podcast for you. So thanks for joining us and we hope you love the journey. Woohoo! Welcome to This Real Estate Life, the Baird and Warner Lincoln Park podcast where we highlight and showcase the different gifts and talents our Baird and Warner agents have. Today's guest is the one and only Courtney Welsh. Woo! The hottest commodity in the office. Oh my lord. So before we got started, Courtney reminded us how she doesn't like Zoom, and unfortunately, we use Zoom to record, so we're putting her on the spot with this one, but she's always willing to adjust and go with the flow, and Courtney is just a fun personality to have in the office, so we really appreciate you being here today, Courtney. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Go with the flow is a really nice compliment. I'm not sure how accurate it is, but... It's, it's accurate, at least in this moment. So there you go. Um, but real quick, we, we always like to start by talking a little bit about our guests. Um, Courtney, truly, and, and we mean it sincerely, you are one of the most fun, but also, you know, kindest committed people in the office. Um, you make an effort to speak with everybody and be friendly with everybody. And that really contributes to our culture. You've been in the business for 18 years and are one of our top producers You're consistently in the top 10 agents in our office year after year. Um, and you just prove that this business can be hard work, but there's also room for enjoyment as well. And we really appreciate the example that you set for other agents in our office. So thank you so much for joining us today. We're looking forward to chatting with you. Time for question time. Yeah. Tell us from the beginning, what made you start why did you choose a career in real estate? From okay. birth until you became a real estate agent, what was your story? Well, I never really had any plans to be a real estate agent. My mother is a real estate agent. Oh. Still is. And she had been in the business when I started for probably 20 years, almost, if I'm doing the math correctly. And... Honestly, I was not happy where I was working or with, I didn't love the job that I had. I worked in restaurants for a very long time and then I got into sales and did that kind of thing and just wasn't loving it. And I honestly can't remember how I thought, oh, maybe I'll try some real estate because it really had never been on my radar. Um, But I saw it my pretty much, you know, for a long time with my mom doing it. She had a very successful career. Um, and I kind of learned that the traditional nine to five was not my forte. Sure. So the non-traditional work hours really work for me and my personality. Um, and I knew a, a decent amount about it. Um, so I felt that that could be a good avenue for me. Um, and at the time, I was living about 500 yards from the old Lincoln Park office. So I thought that could be a really nice way to start, live close to home. And I met with the manager at the time who was amazing. And it goes from there. Yeah. 
my mother did ask me if I was sure. (laughs) 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 She, you know, so I think she just knows, you know, all too well. And I mean, this is a great job and a great industry, but there's a lot of stressors that go on with it and it's constant. Um, And to be successful and have a long-term career, it's that way for a very long time. So I think she just wanted to make sure that I knew what I was getting into, which turned out very well because it's a job that I love and fits my lifestyle and I can excel in it. So it turned out to be a good decision. And doing your mom do you and your mom ever have an opportunity to work together? We do. Um, I was very fortunate that I knew a lot of the agents out in the um, Western suburbs that she had worked with for many, many years. And that was very helpful. Um, starting with getting referrals from the Western suburbs from those agents, plus working with my mom. And even up, you know, a couple months ago, we did a a deal together because my buyer was heading out to the Western suburbs. So we worked it together that way, but yeah, we, uh, and we're always talking about real estate, obviously, because. So she had been in the business almost like 40 years then. She's been doing it. She, well, she had started a little bit when I was young and then gave it up as she had more children. And then she started really back full time. I believe when I was in junior high, we're not going to mention a date. Okay. I was 95, yeah. right? Yeah. That is so sweet of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So when you when you got when you started in the business, how did you get your business? How did you get your business starting out? So I think that I was in a, a somewhat of I mean, I think there are plenty of people whose family, as we see in our own company, there's plenty of people who, you know, you find real estate agents within the family, right? Other people do it. And then, you know, know, kids, sisters, things like that get into the business as well. So I had a, I had a pretty good sense of what it would take to be a successful real estate agent. And that, that was not going to happen overnight. Uh, I knew that for sure. So in the beginning, I worked a second job. I, cause I'm a single person. It's me bringing home the bacon for all the bills So I knew that I had to have a second job, mostly because the stressors of money do not want to be passed on to a client ever. That was number one for me. And number two, I knew that there was going to be a lot of long hours in the beginning to kind of set up the base for a business. So I was essentially working in the beginning. I would be in the office, which was very painful at the time, (laughs) because we had training at 9.15. I was like, my first was I thought this was real estate and so (laughs) so no we would be in the office and there was I think about seven or eight of us that started at the same time and we did all the training together that's how it was set up then and we all sat in the same area the bullpen in the old office and we did all the things together which I see which is really cool because I see that a lot happening now too with a lot of agent clusters we'll call them that start together they kind of learn together which is how it happened with me. So we'd come in, we do training, we, you know, do tons of open houses. Back in the day, floor calls were much more prevalent than they, I don't know how they are today. I don't do them as much, but floor calls, I got in my first year, I probably, I probably converted two or three floor calls into sales. 
Oh, wow. So, oh. Work halls were much bigger back in those early years <laughs> that we won't mention. And um, so, yeah, it was a lot of that. It was open houses every weekend and it was, you know, doing the other job at night. So, but it, I came into it knowing that you had to put the time in, sure. that they handed to you, that you had to get in front of people. You know, and I learned a lot of that from watching my mom too, you know, how to keep in, I, I think transitioning into my later success was keeping in touch with the people that you work with, because that's where you can really create a sustainable business by repeat customers, returning customers, referring customers, that kind of thing. So I knew that that was a huge part of where I wanted to build my business, but a lot of hard work, a lot of time, a lot of hours, you know, a lot of learning. I, I think even in year 18, I still learn things with every deal. There's almost something I learned in almost every deal that, you know, we always say, I always joke. I'm like, I say to my clients sometimes too, I'm like, I thought that I had seen everything. And then you see something that you've never seen before and you realize you're never going to see everything. There's always something new that pops up. So. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And it, it does seem like a lot of your business is repeat business or referral business. Would you say the majority of your clients are coming from your database? I would say yes, a high percentage. Um, I've been doing it long enough where you, you know, it just kind of rotates in and out where, you know, I just had one last year. I sold them their townhouse eight years ago. And then they reached out at the beginning of 2020 before the pandemic, thinking that they'd do something in the fall of 2020 after being there eight years. Um, and, you know, we, they've gotten things from me, but it's not like I've had a ton of conversations with them, but they always get stuff from me to remember, to remember, I'm still doing this. I'm here to help. And they reached out and, you know, I'm getting that whole move up buyer thing that people still stay in the city. You know, we're hearing a lot about people fleeing the city, which I'm just not seeing as much of, I think it's the normal transition. Um, but that has definitely happened. I think it's all about good service and making people feel comfortable in the transaction. That's really all people want. They want to know that they were taken care of in the largest transaction that they generally make in their life. And they will most likely return to you. I think you just can't get upset when people don't because people make different decisions all the time that you are completely, that are completely out of your control. So you do everything you can to stay, do a good job for your customers and your clients and stay in touch with them. Uh, and then you should be able to really grow on that, which I did. So that's where my success is really lying, I believe. So. I don't know if this is a weird question or if it's a fine question. Um, how long would you say it took like from when you started to when you felt like you've made it or like this was a sustainable business you're making headway. You know what I mean? You know, I, I totally get what you're saying. And the th I tell this story a lot to people. It's hard to put a gauge on that because I started in 2004. And right when I believe I would have started really hitting my stride, we had the market crash. So I had been doing it, you know, a, a good solid four, four and a half, five years. And then it really started to be very challenging. Um, I was very, I, I think I'm very fortunate that I had worked in the restaurant business for so long because I was able to just pick that back up and have that as a, a side support 
monetarily and continue my business because there was a lot of people just don't realize how bad it was. I mean, there was, it was difficult. There was for a while, I would say 10 and 11 were very, very challenging and 12, a shout out to John Irwin. He always likes to say that in 2012, I did 65 transactions. It was actually 61. And I would say probably about 40 of them or maybe higher were rentals, but, <laughs> um, that's a, but that's a lot of transactions, but we were, that's what you had to do. You, I mean, we were just happy people were back in the marketplace in 2012. Um, and we were, you know, working, we were working our butts off and we were working very long hours, but people were coming back and, so I would say that I really hit my stride in those years, 2012 and 2013. Yeah. A lot of those customers that I had early in my career were back. And I, so that's really when it happened. But I, it, it, I would like to think it would have happened earlier. You know, when you look at volume or income, yeah. that's how you're measuring it. Um, but it's hard to gauge because of that whole, you know, three and a half year craziness. So, absolutely. That's crazy. Man, I'm just trying to imagine working with 61 clients in a 12 month calendar year. That is nuts, Courtney. I mean, how did you balance all of that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm a pretty good multitasker. I am very, I'm, I'm, I'm always looking for work smarter, not harder options. Um, and I think over the years I've, I've tried to develop those systems and things that can make it easier for me for, to make a transaction smooth for my clients and for myself, because the more I am organized, the better I'll be able to make it for my clients. So I've developed a lot of systems over the years with technology and things that are provided to us at Baird and Warner, tools, all of those. I try to use them as much as possible to make that easier to get from start to finish with a client with, and they're also, they feel that they are being taken care of. So over the years, I've absolutely implemented a lot of them um, that have been very helpful when you're feeling overwhelmed because that is real estate. You're gonna go from totally, oh, I have nothing to do this weekend to how am I going to get everything in that I need to do this weekend or on this random Thursday, I don't have, there aren't enough hours in the day. And it's all about managing. Managing is a good word for pretty much everything in real estate, your own time, your client's time, everything. So there's just, you got to find the ways that you make it work and really take advantage of the times where you have the downtime. That was the biggest thing for me too. Somebody earlier, we were on a call, said no is a complete sentence. Very correct. Uh, but you also have to remember, you know, you have to make your clients feel like a priority, but not lose your own work, home, life balance in the process. And that can happen a lot. So it takes time. It's over. You learn a lot in this business over time. Trial and error. How do you prioritize your own work-life balance? If I make a plan for myself, which takes a long time to realize that if you make a plan for yourself, it will be okay. 
I stick to that plan. If I have taken an afternoon off or a day off because I want to go to the Cubs game, then I will find a way to make sure that if something happens with my clients that they need to see that I can get that handled. Sure, I make sure. a really wise decision with choosing Beard and Warner Lincoln Park because the collaboration in this office and the, and the culture is, I think, I'm not sure. We talk about it all the time. And people who have come to this office and left and come back talk about how they don't really see it in other offices. It's been huge. I have a lot of friends that I, people that are colleagues, but I consider them friends now, people I trust. I can get help you know, so that I can have that work-life balance and do things that I need to do that keep me fresh for when I'm going to go to work. I mean, I love my job. I do, but it's 24 seven. Somebody wants to talk to you at seven 30 on a Sunday or 8 AM on a Monday or whatever it is, you know, you have to be ready and kind of manage that. You have to take time for yourself too. And how are you going to handle that and make sure that the client only has Thursday afternoon, but I'm at a 120 Cubs game. How are we going to make that work? We are, you know, and not feeling bad about taking a Thursday afternoon off because I'm going to be working all day Saturday and Sunday that week. It's just a whole, you know, it is about managing your life and your work because we are a 24 seven job. Just, well, not 24 seven. If somebody's calling me at 3 a.m., definitely not answering. <laughs> I don't think I've ever gotten a client call at 3 a.m., but I've definitely gotten like text messages of properties that they want to see. And like this could have, could have waited just like a few more hours. You just throw a little, you just throw a little like hint. You're like, have you ever heard of that schedule thing on the text messaging? You can write it and tell it to send to me at an appropriate hour. No, I'm just kidding. I actually haven't ever said that to a client, but sometimes you want to. Oh, for sure. Well, and to be fair too, Courtney, not everybody's as organized as you are. And I know I've um, you know, covered, you know, showings for you or hosted your open open houses at your listings in the past, and you are so wonderful to work for in that regard because you have all the information right there that we need to know all the questions people ask plus the keys access information everything is always in a nice little pouch so it's like grab and go and like I always feel prepared then to go assist you when you know maybe you are at a Cubs game or there's you're out of town or there's a reason you can't be there um so it makes it a lot easier for those of us that are working with you too and I think that's I know that's not always the case I think I did. I started that mostly so I would be prepared in the moment because I'm a, I'm a procrastinator. I'm a, I work best under pressure. I, I, it's probably not the best thing to share, but I did have an assistant for a while and I found that it made me way less productive because the less I have to do, the less I will do. So when I am busy, I am the most productive. So I have just found, and, and I really do not like being at listings, not having the answers for people. There are just very standard answers that I believe everyone should have because they're buying a home. And so I am prepared for, I expect my sellers, I expect my, we expect our clients to be prepared, right? We expect them to get their homes prepared and we expect them, the buyers to get their pre-approvals and all. So I, I just feel like we should be the example and follow that suit. I get all of that up front. It helps me. And then I, I also think it helps, like you said, Nagin, when people are helping me, people are open houses. I, they're, they are sitting down and holding that open house for themselves. I totally get it. They're going to pick up clients and that's why, you know, we offer them, especially to new agents in this office, 
but they need to be prepared because ultimately they are a, they are representing me and they are going into my seller's homes, my clients. So they need to be as prepared as I would when they're walking through the door. It's just easier that way. It's all in one spot. You can transfer it easily. You know, it's a lot of copying and pasting. Um, but in the canned responses, I give all to David Bailey because I walked into his office right now one day and I was like, David, there's got to be a way that I don't have to write this email every time that I say the same exact thing to a buyer or seller. He's like, I got you. And the canned responses were born. So that's why David Bailey is greater than Google. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. And <laughs> honestly, it's just those little things sometimes that can just make such a huge difference. It seems so simple. Well, here's the thing I always say about real estate. Listen, we are helping people buy their most important purchase or most expensive purchase in their life. Sure. But to be honest, it is a mostly a pretty, it's a, it's a, it's a process that follows a lot of times the, the same, you know, it zigs and it zags, but it follows the same process for the most part. And we need to work, we need to make it, we need to work smarter for the sellers and the buyers. And so that we don't, you know, make it more difficult than it needs to be because difficult equals stress and buyers and sellers do not want to be stressed at all. So they're already going to be stressed. Let's not add to it. So. Amen. We try. All right. Before I continue, I do just want to say, if you're listening to this, my voice is like this because of allergies and I know it's hard to hear me. I apologize. But Courtney, uh, you're one of the most involved agents in our office. You do Goodwill Work stuff. You're at every company gathering. You're doing everything all the time. Why is office culture so important to you? Why are you so involved? And when did you start getting so involved? Good question. I absolutely love the culture of the Lincoln Park office. I brag about it to pretty much anybody in the company that's not in part of Lincoln Park because I pretty... I am confident we are the best office in the company. And I say that with much confidence. Um, I, I, I honestly, I got very lucky. The, the office, when I came to it in 2004, had a great culture. There were lots of great people in this office, many of whom who aren't here anymore, but I still know them, talk to them, see them. Um, and I have a really great cluster of agents, I called it earlier, that I started with, that we really just bonded at the beginning. And we did things together all the time. And I think a lot of times I, I try to, you know, and, and I am at a lot of company events. I think that's pretty well known. Um, and I am have no aversion to fun. So <laughs> I am, <laughs> I enjoy myself. I mean, what is, that to me is very high priority, having fun in life. You know, you know, try not to take myself too seriously, but I, I love the people in this company. I've made a lot of friends in this company through all the events we do. Um, I, it's listen, it's great for networking. I've made, I have a lot of friends in suburban offices or other city offices and throughout the company. So it's great for that, but I just generally like these people and want to spend time with them. Um, and I think it started from that. And then, you know, I was always very interested in philanthropic activities and I came in and they're like, oh, we have a goodwill committee. Do you want to be on it? I'm like, sure, of course. So I started the very first year and I've 
been involved with it ever since. And we have great people who help on that. And we do fun activities and fun charity events. Again, fun. See, it's at work, but you know, they translate into fun times. So I think, and the other thing is too, when I go to these networking groups, obviously we have a, you know, people that we hang out with and we gravitate towards in the office, but I like branching out too and talking to the new agents and seeing what's going on in the office and perspective. The, the collaboration in this office is awesome. I like to know what the new people are doing. Like, what are you doing these days? You know, let's talk about the QR codes because I am not thinking about a QR code, but I mean, the new people are, and it's the easiest way to get this information. So, I mean, have I printed a QR code yet? No, but is it on my radar? 100%. So it's interesting. I mean, you get all this new perspective um, from people in all different stages of their career, right? We have people who have been here decades and we have people who have been here two months. And, you know, so I love that perspective about it, talking to everybody in the different, you know, stages of the office. So, and the staff and everybody who works here has always been top notch. So we all just have a good time when you're working in a stressful job, which can be very stressful at times. So it's been very helpful. And the collaboration too, like, People don't talk about it enough in the city. I mean, we're not normal for real estate. <laughs> People in real estate use lock boxes. We don't. We have to be at these showings. We have to be, you know, all this. It's a lot more. My mom looks at me like I'm nuts. She's like, I don't know how you guys do it down there. And I, I'm sure you guys, I mean, we hear it all the time. They're like, you guys in the city, you do these showings? And I'm like, you. I mean, I knew that they didn't mostly because I grew up in the suburbs, but um, the collaboration with helping with getting people to help you with a, a showing appointment or buyer's appointment is really second to none. So, and you know, you can trust these people that you're asking and yeah, it's your business. You have to trust the people that are helping you. And listen, this is pretty much where I'm going to end my career. I can promise you that I always, that everybody knows what I say. The only way I'm leaving is behind somebody else is leaving and I don't think that's happening. So see you in another 18 for podcast number two. <laughs> um, wow. This podcast is still going on in 18 years. I just feel sorry for our listeners at that point. I think uh, they've had to deal with us for that long, John. <laughs> Wait, Courtney, so I just want to clarify. Are you pro QR code? I think it's a great idea. Totally. I love, listen, I love tools, tools that, you know, any new, I'm, I'm all up for it. DocuSign saved my life. I, you know, the, the company is amazing. They get us all these tools and, and you know, um, but DocuSign saved my life. I had it as soon as it was introduced. I mean, remember I told you 2012, I was doing 61 transactions. I had a rental lease that had four tenants and two owners. And we had, to, I had to, can you imagine having to fax that to six different people, scan, print? It's, I mean, it was insanity. So docus, I mean, things like that are always evolving and you have to take advantage if they're going to make the transaction easier. So QR codes, I think, are a great tool. I mean, people are using their phone. I mean, listen, it took me a bit to figure out the picture and, you know, on the phone, I'm old. Okay. So people laugh at me, all the millennials that I go out to dinner with. I'm like, they're like, what's wrong? I'm like, you got to touch the center. What do you mean? You got to touch the center. How does this work? Don't <laughs> laugh, John. Okay. So I'm just saying, yes, I think it's fantastic because those 
are tools that people are using, right? It takes you right to where you need to go. Now, we just have to work on me getting it implemented. Well, but I think you're also, your business is proof that it's great to have all these tools, but at the end of the day, they themselves are not what gets you more business. They can help support the activities you're doing to make things easier, more efficient, but it's all about the relationships that you've built with people that you know and with your clients. It's very true. I, I think it's, I would say it's a high percentage of the relationships and staying on, staying in touch with people, whatever that means, Right just reminding them, I still sell real estate. And then when they remember you, hopefully they remember a positive experience, which I would think that most of my clients do. And, or all, let's say all, okay? And we're gonna go with all. And, um, but also it is staying on top of things and changes in the market and, you know, staying current. Relevant. Relevant. 100%. 100%. I like that. Yes. So if you gotta, you gotta, you gotta bend with the times. That's beautiful. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I can't come up with the words that I really want to say. So, no, no, you're, no, honestly, what you're saying makes a lot of sense and it's actually perfect. I feel yeah. like I sound, have a, a more gravelly voice than you do, John. No, that's not possible. This is the most manly I feel like I've ever sounded. You're so you're so quiet though. We need you to to lean in. Can you hear me now? <laughs> what are your goals for your business in the next year and then in the next 10 years? Well, my goals pretty much remain the same and have I would say probably for the last 5 or 6 years. Consistency um and here's the thing. I am very big on work-life balance. I, we talked about how I tried an assistant. I work better without. I, there are certain things that I need help with that I'm, you know, but I, I need to be able to, I'm, I work better when I'm managing the whole process myself. There are things that I can delegate, but that's kind of, I found my niche. I found my, what's the word for it? Just, I found the road that works best for me. And I've, you know, I'm consistent, I would say consistently, I produce consistently year over year, which I have found to be works for me in the work-life balance. So I would say one year, 10 years, five years, I'd like to continue to do what I've been doing um, with my business. And listen, everybody's different. I, I, a lot of people consider real estate sales. I consider it more of a relationship business. I, yes, we sell houses. I think it's more managed, you know, working with your clients, managing relationships, managing expectations, managing the transaction for your client. I think that's almost one of the most important things to do as it's such a stressful thing. But more consistency. I've kind of found the way things work well for me. And I'm going to continue to do that with adding in like the tools that I've been using that new tools and bending with the times and, you know, staying consistent. That's what I see. I think that's, I think that's perfect. I think, I think it's very apparent that you're running your business like the best way you, you can run it. And I think it's very apparent that you're on top of it. And like, 
I am always impressed by your work-life balance because you enjoy the, the social aspect of it just as much as you enjoy the business aspect of it. And I think it's super admirable. I don't think, you know, you always do need to be like reaching some new sales goal all the time. If you've found what works, like live in that and enjoy it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, and I, I appreciate that, John. And I, I think that it's just what works for everybody. Some people want to be, you know, number one, I don't need to be number one. I'm number one in my own life. And that's really, I say that to some people, I'm like, you have to find what works for you and what motivates you. Like I, my business is my business. It really doesn't affect agent X or agent Y. It, my business, we very rarely find that we're competing with each other. Oh, shoot. Oh, never mind. We've, I mean, you very rarely find that you're competing with anybody in your office, right? I'm, I just, I find that the, I'm rooting for people all the time. I want, I, my, I say to everybody all the time, I'm like, I want everyone to make a million dollars. Everybody should make, you know, as much as they want to make um, and find out what you want your business to be and get it there. Yeah. Well, and that's and be different for everybody, I think, so. No, it totally is. And to be fair too, it's like, you also are performing at a very high level though as well. So like you might yeah. not have that need to be number one in the office, but you're definitely one of the top and you perform at a very high level and you found that thing that works for you to make that happen year over year. Uh, but I just love the freedom in that statement you said about being number one in your own life. I think that's awesome. Like imagine if we could all just let go of trying to catch the next person and just be really happy with our own accomplishments. I love that. I think some, uh, listen, I just, have that never really, that really never resonated with me getting caught up in what anybody else was doing. Like there's a slight competitive nature in real estate, right? And I've been doing this a long time. So I don't, I don't want to, I want to stay consistent where I am. And am I competitive when I'm not doing that? A hundred percent. But am I, I just have never lived in that lane where I'm competitive or need to keep up with somebody else. Right. It, it just doesn't, I've never lived in that space. And I think that it's kept me grounded and less stressed about it. Um, there's certain things that I need to do to meet my goals. And that's what I focus on. So the next question is a two-parter. Oh Lord. What is like one of the best transactions you've ever had that you're the oh. most proud of? And which one is one of your worst transactions you've ever had and why? I read this question and I meant to think on more <laughs> and I didn't. Uh, my best transaction. You can also just do one or the other. It doesn't matter. Oh, I just can do one or the other. Yeah. I mean, listen, listen, the worst transactions and there are, aren't a ton of them to remember, but the worst transactions are when things blow up for your client yeah. and there is very little you can do to fix it um, because it, ha it happens with so little notice that you can't take steps to make it better. Um, that the, where you have zero control to change something for your client is probably the worst thing to deal with in real estate, honestly, because that to me is, the most important part of being a real estate action, real estate agent, other than, you know, making sure they're paying the right price and, you know, negotiating the right deal and making sure everything's covered in the contract, then managing the transaction to me is, I think something I'm really good at. And when I can't help them get out of a situation or it create, creates a lot of stress for them, 
that is the worst for me because I can't fix it. And then I get a little bit stressed. Um, so that I think, and that, you know, it doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, it's probably the worst part of the job, honestly. Um, we call it the real, you know, I'm having one of those real estate days. It seems to all happen on the same day too. I don't know what happens. Like people talk to each other and they decide let's do it all on this day. Um, but yeah, it ha- they seem to happen in bunches on the same day, which is probably better though, because then you only have one day, right? Yeah, true. It's just really bad. Um, but not that often, but I see, I would say that's probably you know, there's a lot of funny stories in real estate too. So not like good or bad, like things clients say to you, or, you know, the things that you have to tell people in transactions too are kind of funny that you think, okay, people know you've got to turn on your electric. No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't. I literally had a, not my client, but they've moved into a rental of mine, called me six and a half months after the release started and said, you didn't tell me I had to turn on the comment. They just turned off my electric and now I got a bill for six months. I, what do you say to that? I don't know. I'm like, I don't know how to say something to that. I don't, you know, I, I don't know if I should actually say reported wise, my funniest ever story. Cause it was my client and you just never know who is going to hear this. Um, but it's, it's pretty, pretty much funny. just like my mom and a few agents that listen to the podcast, I think. I feel, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I should put it on recording. I just would feel bad if they ever heard it, but it's funny. And I'll tell you offline. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I also had to learn that, that we have to sometimes assume that our clients know nothing. And that includes things that we might take for granted as common sure. sense, like setting up your utilities when you move into a new. A new mm-hmm. Oh, it's part of. One of my canned response, it's on every single one. It's funny, like through the years, you learn the things that you, you know, you're, you get more thorough as the years go on because something happened. Yeah. And that happened. And now you have to put it in as part of your, or what you say at a final walkthrough where it's things like this, you know, you're right. We do this on an everyday basis. We have to constantly remind yourself. I do this every day. They do it once every, some people three years, some people every 10 years, some people haven't done it in 25. So I, you just have to be mindful that it's not nor, you know, it's not a normal process for everybody else where we might be saying the same thing four times a day. Um, but yeah, so I would say the learning processes have helped me be very, very thorough. <laughs> for sure. But not to not know you have to transfer utilities seems like a huge oversight. I don't know. Talk to their agent. I asked him to call their agent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Lord. Okay. Last real question. Unless Nagin has additional ones and then we'll do the fun questions. What advice would you give to someone first starting out in real estate today? This job takes a lot of hard work. It is not, a, there is not a magic pill. Just, you know, it, let's liken it to losing weight. It's not easy. It takes a lot of hard work and you have to put the time in. And I also think it's not a, it's not a short-term job. Like you should get into real estate. If you're getting into real estate, it should be something that you plan on doing for a while because you reap the benefits year, you know, a couple years down the road 
that's when your real estate career can really take off. So I, I think a lot of times people see, you know, in the hot markets happening right now, a lot, a lot of people want to get into real estate because they hear how great it, you know, how busy it is. Um, you know, it's not always busy like this. You have, you know, sometimes it's just not really busy or sometimes the market crashes. So you have to be ready for everything. Um, it's just, it's hard work. You have to put the time. There is no easy way to become successful or, you know, work in, everyone says I get to make my own schedule. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of, but in the beginning, not so much. Like you are going where the people are taking you and when they're taking, you know? So that's what I would say. But if you're willing to put in the hard work, it can be a very fun, fruitful business and career. And you are making your own business. It's your business. You take in the direction you want to take it in. I mean, being an independent contractor or an entrepreneur or whatever we want to call ourselves, real estate agent, um, it, it has a lot of benefits. If it's, if it's the work that you enjoy, you really, I always say you better love real estate if you're getting into it. Because it's not a job you can do if you don't love it. So that's what I say. Yeah. That is, yeah, that's great advice. I love what you said too about having a schedule. I remember a couple months ago, I spoke with uh, somebody who's not yet licensed, but young, young individual thinking about getting licensed and, you know, when I, you know, asking why, well, I can make my own schedule and you can make a lot of money and, you know, I could, you know, get sleep in until noon. And I was like, let me see if you're right there. <laughs> you're going to let all those emails and phone calls just pile up until noon every day. Like this is not what you might think it is from the TV shows. And you're absolutely right, Courtney, it is hard work. And I also love what you said about, you know, if you really want to make this get, get the most out of it, this is a long-term career because every year just builds momentum on the year before and the work that you've already done, the foundations you've already set. And then it can become something where you've got opportunity to create flexibility in your schedule and you're reaching those income levels that you want to reach, but it doesn't happen day one. I mean, and I, I've actually had this conversation with a couple of, you know, agents in the office, you know, they're like, well, I want to get where you are. I'm like, give it a decade. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, there are a lot of agents who are really kicking butt in this, in this office mm -hmm. and in this industry that, you know, they, they are, killing it. And they've only been doing it three, four or five years. I mean, I think that's amazing. It, it can happen, but I can guarantee you this. They are working all the time. Yeah. All the time. So, you know, it's what you, you get out, what you put in. So I think that, you know, I, yeah, I laugh when I'm like, okay. Yeah. And when I'm on vacation, I still have my phone and my computer and I'm still, you know, trying to check in with my first thing I look at is all my emails and texts and who do I have to follow up with and all. I mean, it's, it is, it's a relationship business and you have to be on ready to take a call pretty much all the time. I mean, yes, you can schedule it and people will recognize if you're out of town, but they don't care. They're still going to call you because they want to talk to their real estate agent. It just is. I mean, what, and that's fair. Listen, they buy a house one every five years and I decide to go to Mexico. I'm going to call them if they need to talk to me, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's solid right, advice. Okay. Ready for the fun questions? I am so ready. I hope these are good. Were these on the list? No. Oh, okay. The first one is um, a one and a half parter. It, who would play you in a movie about your life? Oh, 
who would play me in a movie about my life? I'd like to say Jennifer Aniston, but that's probably not going to happen. Nope. So I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it, actually. She has the same badass energy. That's legit. Well, okay. I second, like her. Second. I'm a friend to Europe, you know? Are you excited for the reunion? Oh my God, I can't wait. Um, second part of that question, who would play me and Nagin in a movie about your life? Okay. Nagin and- so We're like supporting characters. You're supporting characters. Okay. So um, I feel like John Favreau. Is that how you say his name? You would play you, John. Hi. He's funny as hell. He is funny. Yeah, but he's not hot. <laughs> Okay, right. let me get that it. That was not the question. I'll take it. I'll take it. He's a, he's, he's so funny. You're this is what's going for the funny part. Let me get a let me get a hot option. Let me get a hot option. Hmm. I mean, I want to take John Favreau because I've never gotten it before, and it's you. Who else have you gotten? All kinds of people. Okay. They're usually hot. No, I'm just kidding. Hmm. They're usually hot. I feel like. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Do well, I mean, listen, you are hot, okay? Listen, I, I just... John Favreau. I like that you are so funny and, like, your dryness when you, like, you'll try to, like, and I especially love when you, like, try to say something where you try, you think you're going to, you're trying to come off mean, and then you just start laughing. I can't do it. That's what I like. That, see, I see, I see the funny in you. So that's what I see. I love it. I, John Favreau's good. We'll um, just have him do a makeover, and then it'll be hot. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like, hot for a 54-year-old, too. Like, I'm not mad about it. Is he 54? Yeah, right? Wow. Oh, shit. Um, we can skip me, because I'm sorry, guys. I am supposed to be on a, another... Jennifer Connelly. Oh, I'll take it all day. Yes, thank you. Okay, last question, then, to finish up. When was the last time you felt truly and simply happy? Oh, God. Really? This what is the, the question on a podcast? Yeah, this is the heart-rending one. Oh, the last time. I mean, really, the first thing that comes to mind is last week I went to a Cubs game on a Thursday afternoon. It was 80 degrees. It was sunny. And the Cubs were winning. And I was outside with the fans. And I was with friends. And the vendors were bringing me beers. And and it was glorious, especially after the last year we have. And People know I'm a big sports fan, and to be at Wrigley Field and cheering and in the sun, it was glorious. I absolutely oh, that perfect. That. Yeah, like we went to a bar this weekend without masks because we were vaccinated, and it was that was it. And it was so simple and so nice, and I totally. Yeah. That. There's other moments, but that's the first one that came to mind. No, that's legit. That's My parents will see this and be like, well, "You saw me two days ago." <laughs> You're like, and. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Awesome. That sounds wonderful. I am so excited to see the city opening up, and I hope that you get to recreate that happy moment very soon, Courtney. Thank you. Um, and thank you so much for joining us today. For anybody who wants to reach out to you, whether it's an agent or a future client, what's the best way for them to contact you? My cell phone is always the best way. 630-673-0322. All right. We'll go ahead and put Courtney's cell phone and her contact information and social media, all that good stuff in the show notes. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us today, Courtney, and, and sharing everything. It was fun talking with you as always. 
Thanks, you guys. Thank you. I'm putting Bye. On Okay. <laughs> oh, by the way, Nagin. Yeah. She's totally right about Jennifer Connolly. That's the best one we've ever gotten. That's a good one. I will take that. Yeah. Um, awesome. I was supposed to be on a recruiting call seven minutes ago, so I'm gonna go, you guys. Thank oh, you me. just tell them you were talking to me. Yeah. I will. I will. I'll talk to you later.